Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Within the body of Christ, there are people of varying circumstances and needs. Some require aid. Some merit a special consideration. The church typically has limited resources to meet the various needs within the church. Today on Drawing Near, Paul guides Timothy in loving and caring for the people of God, and his instructions are very practical. So please take your Bible and join me as we turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5 and study Honor is Due. As we prepare for our study today, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the spiritual guidance that it gives to us, as well as the practical things that we need to function as a body of believers within the church. We thank you, Father, that behind all of these things is your command, your desire for us to love one another, but to do so in a way that honors you above all. Open our eyes and our ears to your word. Guide us in these things. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In today's study, we're going to be covering several verses of Scripture. The reason for this is our circumstances are very different than the circumstances in the New Testament. And although we need this instruction, we need the basic principles that guide us in meeting the various needs within the church. So in verse 1 of chapter 5, we're told, Do not sharply rebuke an older man but rather appeal to him as a father, to the younger men as brothers. The first thing Paul tells us here is how to treat older men within the church. The older men have acquired a station of honor, and a young man like Timothy is not to talk down to them. He is to continue to respect them even when they need correction or rebuking. It's not that he's not to rebuke them or correct them, but he's not to do so in a dishonorable way, but rather he's to appeal to the individual as a father. And he's also to appeal to younger men as brothers. In other words, the pastor is not to be talking down to anybody in the body of Christ. We need to constantly be loving one another and honoring one another appropriately. In verse 2, Paul says, he is to treat the older women as mothers and the younger women as sisters in all purity. Depending on the age of the individual, you should respond to that individual if they're older, with honor, if they're younger, with respect, and especially with younger women, because Timothy was a younger man, he is to be very, very careful to treat them in all purity. Nothing sordid, nothing inappropriate is to take place. And then he goes on in verse 3 and says, Honor widows who are widows indeed. And the rest of this passage deals with taking care of those whose husbands have died. And there are different individuals within this group. Some are younger, some are older. So he says, honor widows who are widows indeed. Recognize their needs and be prepared to lead the church to meet the various needs of women who do not have a man who can provide for them. In Paul's day, they did not have Social Security. They did not have retirement programs. And so many times when a man died and left his wife, she was destitute. 
And so Paul says the church has an obligation in these circumstances. But notice some qualifications here. In verse 4, he says, But if any widow has children or grandchildren, they must first learn to practice piety in regard to their own family and to make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable in the sight of God. And so if a widow has children or grandchildren, the children and the grandchildren, as Paul says, make some return to their parents, are to financially care for their aging mother, the widow. That's what they are to do. The biblical principle regarding families, especially Christian families, is that children and grandchildren have an obligation to care for their aging parents. In verse 5, it says, Now she who is a widow indeed, and who has been left alone, meaning no children or grandchildren, has fixed her hope on God and continues in entreaties and prayers night and day. A true widow before the Lord is one who, having been left by her husband in death, she still continues to trust in the Lord and pray all the time. She's a very spiritual and godly woman. Verse 6 says, But she who gives herself to wanton pleasure is dead even while she lives. Sadly, some widows indulge in what Paul calls wanton pleasures, engage in relationships that are inappropriate. And Paul says this one is dead even while she lives. So the desire here obviously is for the widow, the Christian widow, to dedicate herself to prayers, to petitions on behalf of other people, to care for other people, rather than give herself over to wanton or inappropriate pleasure in this world. Verse 7 goes on and says, Prescribe these things as well, so that they may be above reproach. Prescribe the idea that widows are to be women of prayer, women of virtue. They're to be holy. They're to be dedicated to serving the Lord. They're to put their hope on the Lord God. Verse 8 says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So if there are individuals who are family members of the widow, and they do not provide for her, they don't take her into their home, they don't provide for her needs, if they are a believer, Paul says in this very strict sense that they have denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You cannot love God and have a right relationship with God and deny meeting the needs of that widowed family member, that mother or grandmother in your life. If you have the ability, you must meet that need. You're obligated to do so before Christ. This is very, very strong language. Then going on down in verse 9, it says, A widow is to be put on the list only if she is not less than 60 years old, having been the wife of one man, having a reputation for good works, and if she has brought up children, if she has shown hospitality to strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has assisted those in distress, and if she has devoted herself to every good work. The church is to care for widows in a material sense if they don't have a family member that can do so, if there's no believing children or grandchildren who can care for her. The church is to take responsibility and to provide for her. They're not just to watch her suffer in this world. But in order for the church to take responsibility, she first must be over 60 years old. I think that's an interesting thing that Paul says, not a younger woman, but an older woman. And 60 was very different than it is today because of the medical care that they lacked 
that we have. But she also needs to be not only 60 years old, but a woman who has only been married to one man. In other words, she hasn't bounced around from man to man to man. She needs to have a reputation for good works, brought up children, worked in the home, shown hospitality to strangers, washed the saints' feet, assisted those in distress. She needs to have lived a godly life. She's not somebody who's a casual attender or a casual observer of God's biblical principles. She's a dedicated godly Christian. And so before the church assumes responsibility to financially care for her, she needs to be 60 years old. She needs to have been dedicated to being a wife of one man, and she needs to have served the Lord. Paul goes on to say, but refuse to put younger widows on the list. If they're less than 60, the church is not responsible for them. For when they feel sensual desires in disregard of Christ, they want to get married. If they're of marrying age, and if there's a potential or a possibility of them remarrying, going after another husband, the church is not to put them on the widow's list. Verse 12 says, by doing this, by living this way, a younger woman who has been put on the widow's list, the church has begun to care for her, and then she goes out and she gets married. Paul says in verse 12, this incurs condemnation because she has set aside her previous pledge. Evidently, these women who were put on the widow's list were pledging themselves to serving their Lord, to serving within the church, and not to go out and get married again. Verse 13, at the same time, they also learn to be idle as they go around from house to house and not merely idle, but also gossips and busybodies talking about things that are not proper to mention. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. The only people the church should be caring for are those who are totally devoted to the Lord and to his service and are going to be busy serving the Lord, and they're not going to have time to go out, engage in worldly talk, worldly activities, worldly relationships, since their husband has died, been freed up to completely serve the Lord. They don't have any children or grandchildren to care for them, so the church cares for them, and they work for the Lord. That's the idea here. Then in verse 14 it says, Therefore I want younger widows to get married, bear children, keep house, and give the enemy no occasion for reproach. For some have already turned aside to follow Satan. If any woman who is a believer has dependent widows, she must assist them, and the church must not be burdened, so that it may assist those who are widows indeed. And there we have an overarching principle. Any woman, any child or grandchild who is especially a believer and has a dependent widow, has a widow in need, that individual, that family is to provide for them and assist them so that the church is not overburdened by all of these needs and can't care for those who have no one else to care for them. Isn't this intensely practical? But doesn't it also guide us to be very, very mindful of the priorities that the church has an obligation to care for people, but only people who have no one to care for them, and only people who are dedicated to serving the Lord with all of their heart, not just now, but before they became a widow. The church is not responsible to care for every single widow in the community, but the believing widow who has served the Lord faithfully, who is of a certain age and is available and committed makes a vow to continue serving the Lord faithfully. We also see clearly here the obligation of the Christian to have compassion and to be responsible and to care for those within their family, 
who cannot care for themselves, particularly aged widows. This is an interesting passage, and it's interesting to study the practical intent as well as the spiritual guidelines contained within it. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for these instructions, for these principles that we are to understand, recognize, and follow. And I pray, Lord, that you'll give us wisdom and discernment as individuals, as family members, as a church, and how to properly love one another and encourage one another to love and good works. I pray, Father, that we would recognize the obligation that we have in instructing people regarding these obligations and responsibilities. Help us to honor those, Father, who have received a certain station in life that is worthy of such honor. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.